0: Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Nostalgia Podcast. My name is Chris Warren and I will be your host today. Also joining me for this episode, we have my good friends and co-hosts, Ryan Black and Joshua Taylor. We are back and we are playing with power. But not just any power. Today we'll be playing with Nintendo Power. So uh, today's a very special episode where we'll be talking about a magazine that means a lot to all of us. But before we get into that and what we are Radical Rexing about, let me just check in with everyone. So, Ryan, how are you?
1: Uh, I'm all right. It was a crazy day at work today. My brain is pretty spacey, but I'm hanging in there.
0: Okay. All right. That's not too bad. So, Josh, (laughs) what about you?
2: Uh, For me, really, I just started back to work after... Uh, Was it a five or six day weekend myself today? And it's been, it it was absolutely nuts. Um, Granted, I'm still working from home, but it was, we were swamped. Um, Outside of that though, like uh, I'm just trying to look forward to a new year and I'm hoping a lot of good positive changes to my life because it's been sort of, sort of felt like spinning my wheels there for a while now. So I'm hoping by the end of this year, there's some good new positive, uh, what's the word for it? A new normal so to speak, is what I really want, if that makes any sense, <laughs> without going too deep. But, yeah, I mean, from from the gaming standpoint, like, I've got plenty to play around on. I don't even know where to begin with all of that mess. Um, but, you know, I feel like there's still a lot to look forward to, and uh, just trying to get a decent start to this year.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I think we can all totally uh, get behind that, but Um, Yeah, for me personally, it's been a great uh, start to the new year. Um, The past week has been one of the best weeks of my life, so I'm I'm very, very happy and hopeful that uh, the rest of 2021 can bring uh, some similar results. (laughs) So um, why don't we get into uh, what we are Radical Rexing about. Okay, so... um, Josh, I feel like I never pick you first, so why don't you talk to us about what you are Radical Rexing about?
2: Um, let's see. Outside of the norm, really, there's not a whole lot going on, kind of like it's, it's felt like it's been for a while. Um, I will say um, I've got to enjoy a bunch more games than what I have in the past. I've gotten access. I don't want to go too into details there. But, um, I've gotten to play a lot of games I never thought I would be able to um i'm actually gonna even be streaming one of them a lot of ps1 games i, I missed out on that because i've always been a nintendo guy um but i think i'm gonna be streaming pepsi man of all things just just to be kind of funny <laughs> um yeah you'll see you'll see <laughs> but yeah and started Watch Dogs: legions one of the games i got for christmas um and believe it or not have been playing a lot of Fortnite, which is still something i'm not used to saying um, cause I used to really hate on that game. There's still things about it. I don't like about how it's ran, but whatever, I can't lie. I've been enjoying it with some friends, um, and my wife. So that's been a good time. They're actually and they're playing it right now without me. So yeah, so the show means a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's about it.
0: What kind of, uh, like genre or game
2: is a uh, Pepsi man? <sighs> that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I played about three or four minutes of it, and I I want to say like a, a platformer sort of the the play the the part I played was like an auto run kind of thing, but it was like three D platforming auto run if that makes sense. I, I, that's all I saw of it. it. It it looks like it's gonna be a fun mess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so, Ryan, what's uh, what have you been rexing about? I don't think I've spoken to you you know, like this in, in a few weeks, actually. So what's new with you?
1: Um, Well, uh, got through the holidays and survived. Uh, a few hospital visits in there. It was a bit hectic, but we made it through for the most part. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just kind of hanging in there. Uh, the thing that I'm really excited about is just, you know, it's been like weeks since i've been able to radical rex uh last week we weren't doing that so um you know i've picked up quite a few video games since we last talked um you know i picked up okami on uh, your recommendation i finally finally sprung for that um you know i uh i i did pick up um what was it uh hand of Gilgamesh, um steam world's quest that's what it is um, and, uh, for Christmas, I got the Borderlands, uh, collection, and then I used GameStop gift cards and stuff, uh, to get a hold of a few other games, so I took advantage of GameStop's deal. They had, uh, buy two, get one free, and then I also picked up another new game, because it was, like, 20 bucks, so. I got a lot of games, like, 11 physical games, well, okay, 11 games that came in physical boxes. Um right. so I got the um the Bioshock collection. Um nice. and then um I also picked up Xenoblade Chronicles uh definitive edition, uh Final Fantasy X, X-2, and then uh Dragon Quest as well, eleven eleven S I believe is what it's called. Um I'm really excited about that. Of course I also got I've been playing through Hyrule Warriors and uh loving, absolutely loving that. Um and I'm excited with the story so far. It's been pretty good. Um, but other than that, let's see. Um, I, I posted a Nintendo Nostalgia Chat around Christmas time, but uh, I did get a uh, my own Christmas tree with uh, Nintendo ornaments and everything, and that was super awesome. I already had the Triforce... Uh, um, LED like Christmas lights, so I wrapped those around the the tree and then I put put on all the ornaments and stuff that Draco made for me. It was quite amazing. Um, I really appreciate that. And then since then, I've had a birthday as well. Uh, my birthday, I was on the third, and uh it, it was really cool. Uh, I did work that day, but uh it was definitely uh, made up for on for lunch. Um, Draco made a ton of different kinds of rice balls. And then um for dinner we had a full like Japanese like sushi spread uh made you know by hand by Draco. And it was just it was delicious and amazing and uh <laughs> it's definitely That's awesome. really what good kind food. of uh
0: what kind of sushi was
3: it?
1: Um well we had uh crab sushi, we had um tamago, um um we had uh seared ahi ahi tuna um let's see what else we had shrimp we had various different rice ball f- or b- various different like flavorings and stuff too with the, when we had the rice balls for lunch um and then um also one of them was spam as well so mm. huh. <laughs> <Spam> <laughs> i've sushi.
0: never had but i hear i hear good things about it but that's great that's a very impressive amount of variety very cool cool i'm glad you had a good birthday and happy belated
1: mm-hmm. oh, thank you appreciate it <laughs> no problem
0: yeah so um let's see as for me um not much has been going on in the past few weeks which honestly is great i just wanted to take it easy um my i actually just started my internship yesterday and i'll be going back tomorrow and uh that's been awesome i've Literally been waiting uh, just under a year uh, to be doing this, so I'm so thrilled to, to finally jump in and get started with my uh, career. Um, haven't really had time for games, unfortunately. I did um, finally get uh, this game that I ordered last year, and it was literally stuck in like shipping limbo purgatory for three and a half months, and I finally got it yesterday. Uh, that is it'll do. Have you guys ever heard of it'll do? I don't believe so. Yeah, it's. I think Josh would like it actually. Um, I said I like a lot. It's possible. That's true. You're not wrong. Yeah. So I I don't think it's too. Uh, uh, outrageous for me to think that you would love this game, <laughs> but uh, it'll do basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, I think it's kind of like a, a Zelda clone or Zelda-esque type hmm. action adventure game, like with puzzles and stuff. I think so. I'm not sure if it's like a roguelike or not, I can't <laughs> remember, but it's just like a very cute cartoony, you know, Zelda type adventure, and it's, it's very silly and has a, a really cool sense of humor, so... Really looking forward to to jumping into that. Um, I think it might still be available if if anyone's interested in picking that up. And uh, it'll do two. It's sequel. That one you could just get at GameStop. But this one was like a limited uh, exclusive release for for this particular first version. I'm still waiting for my Pro Controller, so I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't really been into games lately. Like, I just, I can't play with Joy-Cons, honestly. It's just not for me. It's like
2: (laughs) plastic silverware Um, versus the real thing, you know? It (laughs) kind of works, not for everything
0: yeah it's just i don't know it just doesn't feel right you know it's it's kind of like playing with like a third-party controller that's that's not yours you know like when you go to a friend's house and they hand you a controller it's just like um oh, mm, okay thanks i guess <laughs> um so i think i should get that soon and um honestly I, something that i thought about and i don't know if it's just me but I, like with everything that's been going on, I feel like I'm missing this like flow or this cycle of that's like kind of critical to my game playing. Like I miss being with people and then having games to play after I hang out with people. And it's just I I don't know that that to me was fun like going out you know h- hanging out with people and then just kind of you know, relaxing and chilling with, like, a game afterwards. That, to me, was, like, part of my gaming experience, and obviously we just haven't really been able to do that. So I think that's affected my, like, uh, my, my willingness to be playing games lately. So I don't know. Just a thought that I've had lately. I don't know if you guys relate to that.
2: It always means more when, like, uh, especially in a multiplayer game, take, like, Smash or something, when it's like, hey, yeah. I'm unlocking this so everybody has more to choose from like that always motivates
0: me a lot right. more. Yeah, totally. I'm I am really thankful that like, you know, we can play things online and stuff, but I just miss seeing people in person. There's just something about that that just makes gaming so much more uh, enticing, you know, after I hang out with someone, but that's just me. Um, and last thing, I got this game No Straight Roads for Christmas and I'm so excited to play it. Um, I think I know Josh, I know you would like that a lot, so you should look into that one. Um I'm not sure if that is your kind of genre, Ryan. It's kind of like a action brawler, maybe it is It's like very music themed. What do you think about that, Ryan?
1: I wouldn't be opposed to it. Are we talking like okay brawler like streets of rage brawler
0: or it's like a three d brawler from what I understand. I haven't played it yet, but it's it seems like. Yeah, like a 3D brawler that's, like, highly stylistic. I think that's one of the reasons why you would like it. It's, like, very, very colorful and happy and um, just has a very cool aesthetic to it and just happens to be, like, music and concert themes. So um, I can't really think of any other, like, 3D brawlers like that. But, um, yeah, I I think you probably get the gist of it, though. Yeah, so I'll let you know what I think of it. I just thought it was a pretty cool... Indie game, something a little bit different and, uh, you know, something kind of happy and and uh, something I don't have to think about too much, you know. So hopefully that's good and uh, very happy that I received that. Uh, before we get into our topic, we do have a few voicemails that we'd like to play for everyone. So um, I believe one of them is from Jacob and unfortunately we decided that we're going to fire Jacob. So it'll be nice to hear what his uh, final words with Nintendo Nostalgia will be. <laughs> Wait,
1: uh, wait, 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 wait! You he, told me to fire him. <laughs> oh, wait,
0: Ryan, what did you
2: do? Don't tell him! Don't tell him! Uh, well, um, under the voicemails, Ryan,
1: uh,
2: did you? I'll tell you after the show.
0: All right. Why don't we um? Well, why don't we listen to the voicemails and then <laughs> we can chat about that on the side.
1: You know nothing. All right. Our first voicemail comes from the one, the only, the amazing Tom Qualls.
4: Hey, everybody. It's your favorite forgotten part-time, super part-time co-host Tom Qualls here with a little bit of nostalgia for you, right? Got to walk you through a little bit of nostalgia here with uh, Nintendo Power. And boy, oh boy, guys, let me tell you the memories, right? When you say now you're playing with Power... I'm thinking Nintendo Power when I think about that stuff. Uh, you know, you think back to the old issues, all the great uh, all the great maps and all the great strategy guides that spun out of Nintendo Power. Heck, all the uh, strategy guides that you know from Nintendo all have the Nintendo Power logo on it. Uh, I was finally able to get my subscription back in the year 1997, which was, uh, you know, during peak Nintendo 64 era – goodness, and I just remember uh, it was so good, but issue number 100. That's right. I had a subscription and got issue 100, Um, and it was the best issue of Nintendo Power ever, the 100 greatest games of all time with Mario 64 in the lead, uh, the greatest game of all time, and I had to think about it. In 1997, that might be true. That might be true. Greatest game of all time. It was funny to see GoldenEye as number seven now, looking at it in retrospect. Uh, GoldenEye would be nowhere near the top 100, but at the time, in 1997, GoldenEye was pretty king. That that was definitely a top 10 game, uh, especially in the Nintendo world. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys, how awesome issue number 100 was. They had sweet previews for these awesome new games coming out, like Zelda 64 which would become uh, Ocarina of Time, and uh, there's a game called Banjo-Kazooie, which I hear was pretty good, Uh, all these other things. And, uh, gosh, there was so much that was just – would become what we know as, like, the master Nintendo 64 library was previewed in issue 100 and just fed my hype and, you know, made that era of my life so wonderful. So Nintendo Power holds a special place in my heart, Uh, especially uh, issue number 103, which was Diddy Kong Racing, the Diddy Kong Racing issue because the cover issue or the cover image is from one of the ice levels. Uh Everfrost Peak is what it looks like, and it reminds me of the time I farted an entire lap of Everfrost Peak. It's true, folks. It's true. I have witnesses. But anyway, uh that's all I got for you is a, a, a whole lap of farts and memories of issue 100. Love you guys. Hopefully be on an episode soon. Bye-bye.
0: that uh very interesting <laughs> amount of information wait he he farted what
1: he, he really caught me off guard
2: yeah <laughs> what did he fart
1: Channelled his inner Wario for sure
2: <laughs> did it power the plane wait what did he say he did he farted the whole what was it the last lap i think like that that's impressive
0: one of the laps yeah oh like for the duration of the lap okay the, or all right i'll I'll take that as a an interesting victory for him. Tom, it is
2: funny you mentioned that that um, issue in particular because that's one that sticks out in my head for whatever reason with that cover. And funny enough, right now I was kind of showing them my background. Right now is on my cell phone is actually that uh, that cover, so to speak, that artwork. Good choice. Awesome. Did you know, like. Did
0: you do that because you knew that we were gonna do that, uh, do this episode today?
2: No, it was actually completely unintentional, anyway. But yeah, it, it actually got me thinking about that issue.
1: <laughs>
2: cool. I mean, I the uh, uh, the issue that he
0: mentioned—that's one that I always wanted, but I subscribed to after that yeah. came out. And uh, it <laughs> seems like Tom was a subscriber during like one of the unique golden eras of Nintendo power, like you know, the late 90s and when the N64 was having yeah. all these awesome releases, Nintendo Power, as a result, had all these awesome issues, you know, covering those games. So I'm really happy mm-hmm. that he was able to uh, to, to get those. Yes. Um, I was more of like a gamecube era subscriber but um yeah that's that's great um i do remember that one of the issues had like a top 200 games uh one of the issues that i had i'm not really sure what year that was but i do remember that ocarina of time was the top game so mario 64 was eventually dethroned from that original top 100 list (laughs) but that is whenever they do have like a a feature like that that is like the most exciting thing when you're a kid like to see okay this is the definitive objective list of the best top 100 games ever uh for at least Nintendo games so that was always fun to read but yeah what are your thoughts on what Tom said guys
2: the cover was definitely a a good a good call there but yeah, I mean, I could, I could, I could go on while I wait and I for the voicemails about a lot of my own memories with that. He jumped in definitely at a peak time. I remember that very well. What about you, Ryan? You know, um, pretty
1: crazy to think like the of Power has been going on for so long. Like I, when I started, there's so much of a back catalog that I didn't even realize how long it had run for. It's pretty impressive. Um, I. I kind of wish that I could go back and read all of these just for the pure nostalgia in them. Um, There is an archive site, which I can't wait to dive into and spend a lot of time just like reliving those memories and rekindling old nostalgic memories that I've long since forgotten. Um, But it's going to be a fun, fun time when I finally get around to doing that, you know? So it's, it's going to be a treasure and, and Tom, also, we miss you. Please come back to the show, please. Yeah,
0: Tom and I have not done a show together, so it would be really great to uh, to finally meet him. And um, Ryan's just touching on something that you mentioned. Yeah, some of them are archived. Um, I don't believe that it's legal, but it's a thing that's out there right now. Um, And it would be really cool for me to at least go back and see the issues that covered the games that I loved, like Banjo-Kazooie and Diddy Kong and all the other ones that Tom mentioned. So, uh, yeah, it would be really cool to see, like, how they covered it and how that could have played into the nostalgia, you know, had I gotten those issues and how it could have played into the nostalgia of people who did receive those issues. You know, it's just kind of fun to see how they encapsulated the excitement behind those games, you know. Um cool. Well, thank you again very much Tom for calling in. We really appreciate that. So, why don't we jump into our next voicemail?
1: All right. This one is from Jacob. May he uh rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, something like that. I'll have to check on him afterwards. Uh.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he's fine.
3: Hey guys, what's up? Sorry I couldn't be on uh tonight with everybody else, but I did want to call and chime in. We're talking about uh, Nintendo Power, the magazine. Wow. Um, guys, you can think Ryan. I'm, uh, he's the one who got me into this. I didn't know much about it until I'd go visit Ryan and see his um, stacked collection. I remember them sitting on Ryan's little bookshelf in his bedroom. And they'd all form like pictures uh, over time of what, you know, the more you got, the more an image would show up of, like, either be Pikmin or there'd be Link, and, um, I remember I started getting involved with this really around middle school, honestly, um, uh, maybe late elementary, but I really think it was a lot more so when I hit, like, between 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, um, was when I started to get my Nintendo powers. Uh you know, I take that back. It was definitely late elementary school, um, through middle, through middle school, in Early high school, but I, I miss having an annual monthly magazine to look forward to. I remember being coming home from school and I checked the mailbox right away, just hoping my new magazine was in because I wanted to see the latest details and cool images, or uh, being home in the summer and checking the mail every day because I had nothing to do but play video games, hang out with friends, and wait on my latest magazine. So, um I know we have Nintendo Force, uh, which is a magazine you guys should go check out, but it was something very special that, uh, that uh, they still try to keep alive today. And um, it is fun, you get them every other month. Um, but you know, it's it's just well I feel like with today's internet world and fast information world, we've lost something special and a fun charm about receiving a fun magazine like this every month. To get insider information that you really can get by someone simply tweeting out something now. So you guys have a good episode. I'll uh, be back on some other time. Bye.
0: Unfortunately, he will not. But uh, you know, it was <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was very nice to hear uh, Jacob's nostalgia. I I totally agree that it was just there. There was really nothing else like getting. Uh, a magazine like nintendo power in the mail is something that i looked forward to so much and uh yeah i would be so disappointed when i would go to the mailbox when it was like around the time when it was supposed to arrive and it didn't come and i'm like all right hopefully tomorrow to come and sometimes there would be delays that would drive me insane but when you finally did get it it was just uh you would just dedicate like days and days and days just reading it and rereading it. And it would just kind of like define what your month is and and how it shaped your nostalgia for that time. Uh, yeah. Thanks for calling in Jacob. Uh, if you can hear me, (laughs) wherever Uh, you are, (laughs) Yeah, it was nice knowing you. So Josh, what do you think about what Jacob had to say?
2: Um, he said something really interesting that I completely forgot about. Um, i I was like always a subscriber, but uh, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't have many of the issues I once had. But lining up the uh, magazines actually did form a picture. I think they may have always done that. I can't remember for sure, but at least they started at a certain point. I would believe one was like the that ocarina of time picture of Link holding the bow, if I remember correctly. but that was a really neat little just extra thing to it. If you managed to keep all of them in a row. Um, so that was that was really cool. I'm glad glad he reminded me of that.
1: definitely, my favorite thing about Nintendo Power was the bindings and the pictures and i remember getting upset when they started hmm. to take that off of the magazine i was like why would you do that you had a good thing going this is dumb
0: yep yeah ryan and i were talking about that before i think they just like completely stopped in the middle of one of these images that they had oh yeah um i was trying to get all mine together and line them up but i just didn't have the time but yeah just they just totally randomly stopped i was so annoyed um, cuz that was just one of the the nice uh, one of the many nice, charming little things that they did, you know, to make it such a delightful thing to get and have on your shelf when you put them all together and kind of gave you an incentive to keep subscribing. So, um, yeah, I, I do miss that. And it's not like we'll be able to really get that back unless you get like uh, a successor magazine, cause everything's going to be digital, you know, for the most part moving forward. So, you know, it's nice of us um, for us to have experienced something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we get into our final voicemail?
1: We have a good friend of the show uh, who called in. Uh, you know him. You love him. You may hear a little bit of gobbling off in this one.
5: Hey, guys. It's me, Trash Turkey. Just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all of that stuff. Sorry I missed the Christmas uh, voicemail episode. But anyways, hope you guys all are doing well. Uh, I'm doing okay, and uh here you guys are talking about Nintendo Power which is a wonderful magazine. What I'd like to see Nintendo do in the future is uh, come out with a new one, Um, but not as maybe one would think. So everybody's talking about Nintendo's new mini. So a mini Game Boy, a mini Nintendo 64. But I think Nintendo is going to release a mini Nintendo Power. So think of it like a Kindle. and it's got all Nintendo powers loaded on that Kindle and uh, you can take it anywhere and you can always have your top secret hints, uh, classified information and all your articles, your maps and such on the go. Um, but I think that would be awesome. I hope you guys have a wonderful episode. And also I wanted to thank Chris for mentioning Henry Hatsworth because I picked that up and it is wonderful. So You guys take care and uh, appreciate the show. Thanks for all you do. Bye.
0: Awesome. You just made my day because I feel like such a psychopath for bringing (laughs) up this game that nobody's heard of. And they're like, Henry Hatsworth and the Puzzling Adventure? Like, how old are you? (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's such a great game and uh again i highly highly recommend it to anyone who likes uh puzzle platformers but um uh yeah thanks for calling in that was great um what do you guys think
1: uh you know i absolutely love when trash tricky calls in and uh thank you so much for the happy new year and christmas and all that stuff Uh, i appreciate you so i I was kind of curious uh how you were able to survive yet another year uh, dodging all the uh, turkey-crazy people on Thanksgiving. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that you're still kicking and, uh, you know, still uh, bringing in the new year with us. Uh, we're very thankful for you. Um, so, you mentioned a a, a Kindle-like device uh, for Nintendo Power, and, you know, that's a pretty cool idea. Shut up and take my polka dollars. Seriously. Take it all. Like. I would pay for that, and I would love that. And Nintendo, like, going back to their catalog and re-releasing it on a digital device, like, yeah, seriously, I'll take that. Please give it to me. That would be amazing. I'm sure they have some... uh, probably some licensing issues uh, doing that. I don't know how all that works with periodicals and it being an archive of periodicals and stuff. But if that could happen, like, please.
0: Yeah. I thought that was a really clever idea. Josh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I would, um, definitely. I miss a lot of, of the old issues I had. I'd love to go back and just flip them. I have a few, but like I said, I just, there's a lot of things through the years. Just we had a lot of clutter that we ended up getting rid of or parents did that didn't realize the you know, the value that they might come at later. But, um, Yeah, I would love to have like all of that in one little place just to sort of go back and flip through it. Sort of in a nice safe place where I can't rip it apart or anything as well, Um, as much as I love the physical media. But, um, yeah, I was even thinking it almost sounds like a very Nintendo-ish kind of thing to do. I don't know about now, but, you know, where they could actually like send stuff to that. Like if you connect to the Wi-Fi in a way, like just send like, I don't know, some kind of video or some sort of articles and things like that, but then they would just kind of go away every once in a while. Like they would pop up monthly or something like that. I could almost see them doing something a little, what's the word? Maybe a little like not needed like that, you know, a little silly, but it's just charming enough that it kind of seems like something maybe they would come up with. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I at first when he said that I was just like, "Oh, brother. I'm not sure how I feel about that." Uh about uh, uh, a Nintendo Power Mini thing, but honestly, I it's crazy enough that it might just be a, a thing that could happen. Um you know, like Josh said, you know, Nintendo Powers is very uh unpredictable and they do things that are just completely out of left field i like josh's idea a lot although i i would prefer for something a little more more permanent but um i something that i would miss if they were to do that um is, you know the, the physical tangible qualities that Nintendo Power had like there's just something about holding it and feeling the pages I know as corny as that might sound but feeling the pages and feeling like the inserts and stuff like that and uh, you know just feeling maybe like a, a, a bonus goodie that they included in the magazine and the poster you know there's all these different layers to uh, the different sections and and there's just something about holding it which I, I think has a really on some certain type of quality that I can't really describe and, and really adds to the charm and delight of, of actually having an issue but I think it would be a really smart idea for them to release them legally in some way um, from what I understand anytime that these issues are trying to are, are are archived and published online in some manner. Uh, they keep striking it down, which you know is understandable. They are within their rights with that, but you know there's there's a demand for this type of content. And what do they have to lose, really? It's it's old magazines. You know, let us have the things that we're nostalgic for. So I think it would be really silly for them to just let these issues you know go to the wayside and be forgotten. I think it's such an important part of their history. So hopefully they do something, regardless of what form that takes you know so um yeah that was a very clever idea and thanks for calling in so i think this would be a good time for us to jump into our topic and that topic is obviously nintendo power All right, so Nintendo Power. Uh, Nintendo Power started, and I didn't know this, It's uh, apparently it was first published around the time I was born. So it was around for quite a while. So it came out in August 1988, which is crazy to me. I thought it was like an exclusively like mid-90s-ish uh, magazine, but 1988, that is crazy. It had quite a long run. Um, so... Before we get started, guys, I was kind of curious. Like, How did you learn about Nintendo Power, and when did you start subscribing to it?
2: For me, um, I was born in 89. Um, I know I'm, it sounds like I'm going over my life story, um, but my dad had, had been into video games like pretty much since they were a thing, and that makes him sound really old. But anyhow, um, I think um, I think I was a subscriber, sort of, technically, like the whole time it was available, um, because I think my dad... If, if I remember him telling me correctly, he started from like the beginning of it, subscribed to it. And I know I had a subscription as far back as I can remember up until the very end of it. And I, I got a extra issue or two even of the last issue to put like in, you know, a protective thing. But uh, so yeah, it was definitely through my dad that I found out about it. Um, and I, I held on to that for as long as I possibly could. I'd still have it if, you know, if, if it was still around.
0: Awesome. Wow. I didn't know, uh, realize that you had it for that long. So you have the last issue?
2: Yeah, I've actually, I've got, I think I've just got two copies of it. Um, I've got the one with wow. my address label and all that on it. And then I, I think the one I bought is the one I have like in the plastic, like I, I put in a thing to keep it safe.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Good for you. That's awesome. I always wanted that one, but unfortunately I had to stop subscribing, uh, around the Wii era. Um, uh, so, Ryan, what about you? When did you start subscribing to Nintendo Power, and how did you find out about it?
1: Um, well, I I was into getting gaming magazines at the time. Um, and, you know, I was picking up, like, the PlayStation magazines. Um, it was right about the time, uh, PS1, PS2 era, where they had the demo discs, but I got it. I remember getting the magazine, like, one of the PlayStation magazines, and getting the demo disc and then like a couple issues later it started they started doing like ps2 and i didn't have a ps2 or anything like that um but i know in one of those those runs we were at the store like at a kroger or something and i saw i had just spent my money um picked up pokemon stadium 2 and i was like super hyped for that game and i saw this cover of nintendo power that had Pokémon Stadium 2 on it and I just absolutely begged my mom, please, 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 can I have this mom? Please, I need to get this. This has stuff for the game that I have. I need this. I need this. And she finally caved and got me the the magazine. And it was so cool. Like it was so cool. And I remember like reading it for like weeks like, over and over and over again and just absolutely just completely obsessed with it. <sighs> You know, something Nintendo that I could read over and over and over again. I loved it. It was issue 142, uh, March 2001. So I I, I came into Nintendo Power pretty late. Um, But that didn't stop me. Um, And I kept reading it over and over and over again. And my mom kind of picked up on it. And she was like, well, you know, you you can subscribe to that. And I'm like, really? Because she would never subscribe to any magazine I ever asked her to subscribe to. But this particular one, like, she just knew that it was special to me. And it's like you can subscribe to that. I'm willing to, to, you know, pay to for you to get this every month and I was over the moon. I I really was. It was just so amazing. Um <sighs> the nostalgia that just floods over me thinking about that moment. Like, you know, it it's cool to see the three legendary dogs in three D and uh they had the the Power Awards, uh two thousand that they were doing. They had preview for new Zelda games and
0: Yeah. That's great that you remember uh like, you know, your the beginning of you receiving that magazine, that's great. Because I, I actually don't remember too much about, like, when I first got it. But um, I, I think my nostalgia for it was basically during, like, the process and, and the and – the, over the course of me getting the magazine. I just don't remember too much about, like, when I first got it. But um, I did get the December 1998 issue uh, for my first issue. And uh, that was a very bizarre one to get (laughs) as my first magazine because that was for some type of wrestling game. So they on the cover, it was, like, some guy with a really intense mask with like a scary face (laughs) i'm like oh this is not what i had in mind but okay i kind of wanted something like you know banjo kazooie ish or donkey kong 64 ish but uh okay maybe in the future i'll get something good and eventually i did um but yeah i i was a subscriber until about 2006 ish Yeah, it's two thousand six ish, and um, yeah, I just remember just like waiting by the mailbox. Like every time the mailman would come, I would just like stalk him <laughs> and make sure that I <laughs> make sure that I'd run out and get the the magazine as quickly as I could. And um, I just think that it was such a great compliment to my hobby at the time, and um, just made me appreciate games that I was already excited for. But um, I I asked you guys you know, when you think you might have first subscribed because there was something I was thinking about. I'm not really too sure if I have an answer, but you know how we talk about which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I was curious if, like, did did most people become a subscriber and then fall in love with games or did they fall in love with games and then they got an insert from a certain game to you know get a few issues for free or something like that some kind of offer for them and then became a subscriber so for me it was the latter where i probably got some type of n64 game and it came with some type of insert that's like hey we have this magazine so if you're interested feel free to subscribe and you'll get like a couple issues for free and uh for me that hooked me and uh i i have no regrets about that at all so that that's how i uh became a subscriber personally so um they they hooked me (laughs) it was a brilliant marketing tactic and it worked um so guys what were your impressions uh on the magazine what what makes you nostalgic looking back on it and what were like your what what comes to mind when you think of Nintendo Power?
2: I'll go ahead and say, as, as for myself, really, that I, I feel like the list is almost endless for that, but especially that that era we were sort of talking about before that, that I think Tom had mentioned in his voicemail, around that N64 era. And that it may just be my age, but I also just kind of think that that time was really special um, with the way Nintendo was handling things and the games that came out and that sort of thing. Um, it was very... Like, especially maybe this is just more of how magazines work, I guess. But at the time, without the internet being so big, like now we might get a Nintendo Direct every few months, and it's like, you know, I don't feel like it's quite as exciting as it used to be. Where, like, then every month or so you would get this magazine just kind of somewhat randomly, you didn't know for sure what day it was coming, but the internet came like you, you could go crazy over it, and you just get all kinds of information all at once that you could look over for the next like week or so. And um, for stuff like that, it really sticks out. It's how I got a hold of a lot of my early Nintendo collectibles, because um, they were very hard to find in the store from what I remember in, in the 90s, um, especially compared to now. And they came with those catalogs, um, and that was something, I actually, I got, like, a lot of the beanbag-looking characters out of that that I still have most of, but they're in pretty rough shape because they got um, thrown around a lot. And they've been in storage on and off and just different things like that. But um, like I said, I could I could just sort of go on and on with that. Um, I, it was definitely one of the more special forms of media for me um, that I still look back on fondly. And I'm glad I've still got a, a few pieces of that still still at least in storage, if nothing else.
0: Yeah, I completely forgot about that, the uh, the catalog thing. That's really interesting. You'll have to show me those if you can find them. That's great. Uh, Ryan, what about you? What comes to mind when you think of Nintendo Power?
1: No, the first thing, uh, and I always loved it when I got Nintendo Power. Was the first thing I would check every time is the artists' gallery. I loved seeing all the different people like drawing art for like all their Nintendo favorites. Like in my first issue, um, it was all about like Harvest Moon stuff, and it was like I, I still like looking at this page. I'm just like, oh my goodness, I remember this in such vivid detail. Like, I just saw it for the first time because I read this so many times. Like, it's just all, like, flooding back to me. And it's it's really special. Like, there's so much nostalgia with Nintendo Power for me. And all the ads. Like, I loved just how wacky the ads were and all the different games that they, they were showing. And that's just periodicals of the time. And nowadays you have, like... Pop up ads and Facebook ads and all that stuff, but you know that was how they distributed it was through the magazines uh, back then. So yep, and uh, you know it was always video game stuff and always great things to look at.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that the ads and it's kind of embarrassing to admit it, but the ads were like a really big part of the Nintendo part uh, Nintendo Power experience. Like uh, they had to sum up some kind of like funny idea or funny marketing concept on like a page. And, you know, they're advertising to kids, so, like, they would just be really quick to the point and, like, pretty funny. So, uh, you know, when you go back and look at Nintendo Power, you'll notice just how genius some of these ads are and just how funny they were to us as kids, you know?
2: I have to shout out to the Paper Mario 64 ad um, that was just, like, it was the Paper Mario uh, character, I guess, the, the artwork of it but it had like a scissors, like we you know, dotted lines around Mario and it said free demo. Oh and yeah. that was like <laughs> the whole ad. I thought that was genius.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, Yeah, yeah, I just, I I loved seeing the official art from our favorite Nintendo games featured in all these different ways, because, you know, when you do get the game, you only get like the box art and some stuff that's in the the manual, so it was nice to get a little bit more variety and and have some of the the content, you know, feature these fonts that were unique to that franchise, and, and just have everything formatted in a way that organizes what makes everything so great about a particular game, at least in their you know, previews and stuff, and they just found a way to really expand on what makes video gaming so special, and they kind of, like, put into words what I felt but wasn't really able to talk about or express in my own unique way, so it was just really cool that they could find all these different ways of expressing fandom, like, you know, like what you mentioned, Ryan, with the, the fan art, and even, like, Ads in a way, I have like some nostalgia for some of these ads in a very strange way, and and you know uh, reviews and 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 the the posters that you would get, they just made it such a special package that encapsulated this like celebration of gaming that that just that we all felt at that time, and and it was just so great to. I don't know, just smother ourselves in in this fandom and and, um, just really enjoy our hobby in, like, a new way, you know. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, your nostalgia with the magazine, and uh, I think a a good way of doing that would be kind of – looking at the different sections that the magazine had. So I think I'll just read a a couple of the more popular sections, and then we can go back and kind of talk about which ones we loved. So uh, one of them is something that Ryan mentioned, and that was Player's Pulse, which is where people would mail in, you know, fan mail and uh, certain types of art that they would create about their favorite games. And, you know, it could be kind of like mimicking Uh, the official art or it's just like a fun little twist or like a funny thing that they did so there's a lot of variety there Um, power charts it's pretty straightforward it's just basically what sold well and what a lot of the nintendo power crew um, thought was popular at that time Um, also there was game watch where they featured uh, you know games that were on the horizon and things that were just announced so for me i loved that a lot uh power on which is basically like silly meme like things so they'd have like uh like a screenshot of something and they'd be like hey caption this and then you could mail in a funny caption that you thought that that picture would have um uh, online is basically a page that has a bunch of links where you could go to to see uh uh, about your favorite games, um, I think we'll stop there for now. There's there's definitely a bit more, but um so guys, out of players' pulse, power charts, uh, game watch, power on, and the online section, do any of those sections stand out to you and are uh, favorites of yours?
2: Yeah, for for me, uh, the players' pulse in particular, like I always, like looking at the different drawings and things like that. I never felt confident enough. To, to think I could make it in there. But that is one of my biggest, and this is, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that is one of my biggest life regrets is not sending in something as long as I was a subscriber. Because I would love to have that, like, you know, that magazine with something that I did in it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm mad at myself for not ever doing that. But th- there always was some cool stuff in there. And they had, I don't know if this is considered sort of the same section. I think it is. But uh, letters like people would write in to the staff as well. Um, and maybe asking various questions and things like that and re- they would respond to them and the pictures would be kind of all, all over the place as well um see so yeah, i'd very well remember that i think there was always some form of that probably since the beginning or at least as far back as i can remember off the top of my head so that one that one definitely sticks out
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think part of the charm with that section is kind of seeing like how the staff responded to some of these, um, you know, letters. So, you know, some of them were from like really little kids asking like very cute, innocent questions. And it was kind of cute to see them respond to them and with like a very clever, silly little way that I think would be fun for like the parents to read back to their kids when they do get the issue. Uh, Ryan, um, what about you? Any of those sections stand out to you?
1: I think, um the big one, uh, of course, you know, player's pulse is a big one for me, but I think, like just looking ahead at what games are coming out with game watch, I did like that a lot, and now looking back on it and see that it was kind of like game and watch, you know direct play on that, and I thought that was kind of funny, but, um, yep, I literally didn't realize <laughs> that
0: until just now, <laughs> very clever on their end.
1: I don't know if it was directly related, but um. But yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. That was one of my favorite sections, you know, because we didn't have the internet uh, back then. I, like I didn't have it until like I don't know, two thousand two, two thousand three, or something. So for me, that was my way of finding out games that were on the horizon and uh, you know things that would eventually uh, define what my gaming experiences would come to be. So it was just always cool to see uh you know something that was announced at e3 or like some random announcement uh i do remember when rare was sold uh they had a very tiny section of it i don't think they wanted to (laughs) really broadcast that too much but they had like two three paragraphs saying oh yeah by the way uh you know rare was sold but anyway this was just announced (laughs) um so yeah it's just it's funny going back and kind of seeing um different moments of time within Nintendo's history and and how they, they chose to cover those, you know? Um, so some other sections that they had were, uh, game spotlight, which is, you know, basically really, uh, glorified previews of a lot of these games and these would be multi-page things and they would have, you know, screenshots and random tips and, uh, uh, like I said before, like appropriate fonts and formatting that, that were uh, related to the game. And uh, one of them, I was looking at one of my issues, they had a huge interview with Shigeru Miyamoto for the Windraker release. So I didn't look at the details of that, but I think that's really cool and uh, a nice little tidbit for me to go back to. Um, they also had uh, contests. Did you guys ever... to? Uh, you know, try to interact with any of the contests that they had. I remember mailing in that little note card that they gave you. I'd, I'd rip it out and mail it back. I think it was like kind of like a survey kind of thing. Did you guys ever do that?
1: No, it was always like, oh, there's no way I could ever win or there's no way I could ever do that. And so I was I was too sheepish about it. I probably should have been a little bit more like go for it, but...
0: I mean, honestly, if it makes you feel better, I never won. And I did it like almost every time. (laughs) So it was kind of a waste of my time, but it was kind of fun to like interact with them in that
2: way. It it makes you wonder who did win those, but, but no, I I can't remember if I ever really did believe it or not. Um, it was almost one of those things. I hated to rip things out of my magazine at the time, even though it was one of those stupid like postcard type things. Um, I, I almost just never thought to really do it again. I was like, ah, oh, there's probably thousands upon thousands of people signing up for this. I'm not really oh. going to mess with it. Um, but and I, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, there was a section, and I think you mentioned it, and I cannot remember the name of it. Um, I don't even think it lasted the whole time. But basically, like, I don't know if it was the top-selling games or, like, their favorite games or whatever it was. There was, like, the top three, maybe five or so like that for the various systems, Game Boy Color or N64. Um, yep. or, yeah, or uh, like,
0: power charts, I think. Yeah, I think
2: that was it. Maybe even like all together at one point. Um, kind of a funny story about it and it's almost embarrassing is, you know, in the 90s, I was in uh, in grade school at the time when Pokemon started getting really popular. So, you know, I saw a lot of it, like friends and everybody at school was into it and all of that. And I never got into it. And one of the big reasons was because I was like super into Zelda after Ocarina of Time. I got that in uh, Link's Awakening around the same time. And I remember in one of the issues in Nintendo Power, it finally, like, overtook Zelda in the popularity, like, as number one. And I got so mad. Like, I remember I hated Pokemon for years after that. Like, I refused to get into it. I was like, I know it sounds stupidly immature, but <laughs> I remember, like, it just wasn't my thing anyway. Like, you know, I had a friend that always wanted to watch the cartoon and all of that sort of thing. I'd, I'm a little more into him now, but, like, I just really didn't care for RPGs when I was a kid um and and you know even now pokemon's not my favorite series but i still you know i I like it but yeah like it really i remember it like legitimately making me mad um when it overtook zelda in the popularity sort of contest sort of deal um yeah and it 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 stuck with me for quite some time
0: I, I, uh, going back to one of the things that you said, I also was like, so against, you know, damaging what I saw as damaging my magazine in any way. So I was really hesitant for a few issues to do that with ripping out that note card and mailing it back to them. And, uh, I honestly, like, I kind of wish I didn't interact with them because, you know, going back to these magazines it's like oh, i kind of wish i could see what that card said and what they were asking of us you know um because i think some of them did have like kind of funny questions and i think it would be kind of interesting to to go back and see what they were looking for but um I'll, I'll just mention a few more sections so uh they had rapid fire previews which is a lot like what i said before they were just like very quick previews they were just like um there's like three on a page and uh, i remember i saw one with resident evil 4 in its very early stages and so that was pretty interesting that was like i don't know 2003 so um yep and uh fundamentals i don't know if you guys remember this so they would have a section Maybe they were, like, sponsored by a certain type of school or something. I think the school was, like, DigiPen, and they would kind of, like, teach you how to code. So I was kind of curious. Did you guys ever see that section, and, like, were you ever inspired to start coding or kind of applying for this school? I thought that was a pretty interesting, like, tie-in to our hobby.
1: Definitely for me. Uh, That was my dream in, like, high school was to become, you know, a video game designer, and and I sucked at math, so that never happened, but... (laughs) Japan was really hard to get into.
0: Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I, I, I thought it was like a really cool idea, but when I kind of looked at the section that taught you how to code, I was just like, oh, this is a little too involved for me. <laughs> too involved for my uh, forming eight-year-old mind. <laughs> um, right. Like for me, I, I've always wanted to make a game, but when I look at, what is involved with that process i quickly kind of <laughs> back down from it it's uh it's just not something for me i'm more of like a conceptual guy but um maybe i could find some type of uh of role for myself in that way in the future um josh did you ever have an interest in like coding or get involved with video games with those digipen uh sections
2: um i off the top of my head i don't remember that very well um i know at the time i I don't think I realized how realistic that could that could potentially be. So I probably very much just overlooked it. And I, again, I just didn't have a whole lot of self-confidence. So it was just kind of like, I, you know, I, I don't know, didn't have the right motivation and focus probably to dig into that the way I, I potentially could have. Um, I mean, yeah, I definitely like my whole life. I, I would love to be a part of something like that. I'd love to be able to create and, you know, say, Hey, I was part of this, memory for for this family or what have you and things like that or this character that would be awesome but no I I don't really remember that very well in in the magazines themselves I'll have to look back at that
0: Yeah, I would say that it's not like the most flashiest part in the magazine, and I think that I did skip it a few times because it just, you know, coding to me was so bizarre and new to me at that time that I didn't really understand like what all these, you know, dots and slashes and code talk was about. It just wasn't really for me at the time, but, you know, going back and looking at it, it's like, oh, that's really interesting, and I'm really glad that they tried to include something like that because it's like if you love video games, it's one thing if you love them and play them but why not if you know if you love them so much why not get involved and make one of your own I just think it's such a cool idea of taking things to the next level and inspiring kids to to really create and and do something productive so I just thought that was pretty cool Um, some uh, some of the last sections I'll mention So I don't know if you guys remember classified information, but classified information is basically where they have like cheat codes and tips for certain types of games. So it was especially great in a time where we didn't really have great internet access. So it was nice to see that every month, Um, but unfortunately they, had like a very limited amount of games that these had these cheat codes for. So you know sometimes they would have cheat codes for like Mission Impossible for GameCube. and I'm like, I'm not playing that. so <laughs> and that doesn't really make me want to play it too much, but you know at least they tried. Um, there was also Crossing Guardian, which was a very short-lived section where uh, they would just kind of update you on things that you should be aware of in the Animal Crossing game, uh, the GameCube one. So I thought that was really cool. Um, kind of give you some some things to focus on for that month or season. Uh, they also had arena, which I completely forgot about. So arena is basically where they give you these ideas to challenge yourself in uh, your own games. So it's like if you have Super Smash Brothers, they're like, hey, why don't you give this a try and and try to you know beat thirty. Uh, 30 of those guys in like a minute or something like that so I, I just thought that was a really clever idea um epic center which focused on rpg news uh title wave which focused on things that were coming out that month so they could ca- ca- kind of give you like a little bit of uh, some previews of what you can expect and what you can buy in stores at that time and my favorite section uh now playing which is where they had all their reviews. And all of them were reviewed with Mario type stars. So that was one section that I looked forward to the most because it gave me an idea of what I should get and what I should ignore. And it was really surprising sometimes because sometimes it's like, you're really expecting this one game to be awesome. And then you've seen the reviews that it's just like, eh, it's okay. So that was, you know, interesting. Um, I will say I think they were a little bit biased <laughs> because this is a official Nintendo magazine, so I was kind of surprised by some of the uh, reviews, particularly Kirby Air Ride. I don't think it should have gotten like four and a half stars across the board, but that's just me. So what do you guys think of um, those sections, especially uh, the now playing section?
1: Um, I liked the, uh, the rating system that they had in place, and the first issue that I picked up um, they had just switched over from, like, a numbering system, like, with, like, 7.5 and things like that to stars, and they got torn into by all these this fan mail hating on it, and like, I how am I supposed to know which game to go for if they're all, both four stars when both of them are, like, points from, the, from each other? I want to know which one's the better one to pick up, and people were so upset by it, and I was like, okay, you guys are going to upset over nothing, <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> what
0: about you,
2: Josh? um uh, with uh with a now playing section in particular i actually got to looking into it because i remember back then uh putting a lot of um what's the word for it putting a lot into that like you know taking it really seriously If, if this is high up it must be good or if this is down here it must be bad i know that's not always the case but i remember even picking out like my favorite reviewers i think one was andy Who am I now follow on Twitter, funny enough, Um, because it showed, like, their favorite genres. I don't know if it did in all the issues, maybe a couple of them. Yeah. Um, But I know a lot of his lined up with, like, things I liked in particular. So I always, like, looked for his, and I think there was Chris or one other one, maybe, I think I liked in particular. Um, But anyhow, um, I got to looking into it some before we we wanted to record tonight um, because I know a lot of people, you know— I do say it's biased and it may have been in some ways i don't remember it that way but i was also mostly a child doing out there run um but really if you look at the review scores it doesn't seem to show that too much like the average was like lower than some other outside of nintendo magazines um for the score i think it was like if they if they put it all in like the 5 you know the out of 5 category i think it was like 3.3 and i think a lot of magazines were a little bit higher almost even so it wasn't always like quite as biased as you would think it would be, um, at least from what I could see. I think one of their like highest rated games, and this is going to sound a little goofy from what I was reading anyway for a while, was the Three Stooges on the NES was like rated above um, some Mario games and things like that, which is kind of kind of silly. But, um, but yeah, like I, I was kind of surprised to see that. I was kind of happy to see that too. I'm like, maybe they weren't as biased as everybody say they were. I hope. <laughs> but yeah, I I know I. Yeah, I, I I know I used to always read that section though. That was definitely when I checked out. I just uh, uh, the only reason why I think they
0: might have been biased and like I've mentioned before, I I think it's it was just the case with like Kirby Air Ride because a lot of the games where they like, you know, it, it, when they when they gave a certain game a high review, I'd usually go out and get it cuz you know, not all of the games got super high reviews, but that was one of them and when I got it I was just like, no.
2: there's no way that this game deserves four and a half stars city trial in that game is really good but yeah it's it's not a it's not a four and a half star game
0: yeah like not overall right yeah maybe that that certain uh section is but you know overall i don't know i don't know but anyway that's that's just like one of the things that i remember but i think that they did a great job with that section in particular because they, they also showed you, like, at least when the GameCube came around, how many memory card uh, blocks each game took up. I thought that was really clever because sometimes you would want a game, but it's just like, hey, this takes up 59 blocks. So if you want this game, make sure you have enough memory for it or at least, you know, to go out and get another memory card for it. So I thought that was really clever. Um, they also... I, th- I th- I think you touched on this too, Josh. Like, for each reviewer, they would have kind of like these icons that represented the different types of genres of video games. And so, for each reviewer that they had, they would have like the 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 preferences of that reviewer. So you would see for, you know, I'm, I'm just making this up. Uh, well, let's say if I were a reviewer, they would have me as like, you know, they would have a platforming symbol followed by like an arcade symbol and then a shooter symbol or something. So you could kind of get an idea of, where these reviewers fall in regards to their tastes and how it could relate to uh, the, the games that they reviewed. Um, I, I think it's really interesting because you know this is a magazine for kids, so I'm kind of curious to see if any of the uh, of the younger readers would pick up on that and kind of think about it and, and apply it to to what they're learning about with their reviews. But I think it was a really clever idea and kind of just showing where their preferences preferences lie and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Um uh throughout Nintendo Power's lifetime however they did go through some phases and uh you know they they did experience a, a little bit of difficulty as we moved into a more uh you know digital age so I do remember and this is one of the Uh, the things that we mentioned before like during this process they did have to phase out these like wider uh binded issues which came at the consequence of some of the uh the the images that would be on the spine so that was unfortunate um did you guys have any thoughts on these like different phases that the magazine went through uh like when they trans when they kind of transitioned between like generations and stuff or didn't did you not really care too much
1: you know, it's kind of cool to see the... It's kind of sort of what you're saying here, but, like, seeing the improvements they made, but also the things that they had to scale back. Like, I think the page quality definitely got better. Uh, The production quality got better, even if they did have to cut down in parts. But, like, you can also... It's really cool to see the artwork and the CGI and everything get better and better as it got older and older. <laughs> and it's it's, like... Man, some of those things you look back and you're like, "Wow, that was really, really cringy for the for the time." Like that was like top of the top of the line, state of the art. But uh, it's really cool to see like things improving, even if they did have to kind of change things around. I think of all the different covers that they had and they got creative in different ways, and it was always charming.
0: Yeah, totally. It was it was really interesting to kind of see how they would evolve with the times and stuff like the, eventually they wouldn't even have like an online section because you could just easily Google things, I guess. So it was kind of cool to see that transition. Um, Josh, what about you? Did you notice any changes throughout the Nintendo powers lifetime? And did those or how did they affect you really if you did notice any?
2: um somewhat i remember like i don't know if this sort of correlated with some other bigger changes looking back but i know they changed their logo at one point and you know it just this is maybe a little heady, but it, it did feel like it it sort of just kept changing over time with with that around that era where it just didn't have quite as much in it and again that was also when the internet was becoming a little more commonplace um for me to even go so it just didn't it was still very special, but it just wasn't quite the level that it used to be. And I don't even yep, totally agree. I, I I don't even know if it was their fault, really. I think it was just sort of the way things were evolving. And, you know, it was hurting them and things like that. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely noticed some changes, like Ryan said, some things sort of improved with quality, but some things sort of didn't. And I don't know if I'd Some of the stylized uh, like covers and things, uh, things became a little more simplistic in some ways, which I think in some ways made it look cleaner. But then looking back, I'm like, darn, I actually really liked sort of the hot mess that some of the early 90s ones were. (laughs) Um, So it's 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 kind of hit and miss. Um, One thing I noticed that they had tried that I almost forgot about um, that they. Well, I don't want to get too far into you. You might bring some of this up later. I'll save some of it, but. Uh, one thing in particular I know they had tried was Nintendo Power Advance, like around the yes. release of the Game Boy Advance. If I remember correctly, and uh, again I'm punch myself in the face about it, but I think I, I don't think I still have the issues. But um I think like those issues, if I remember correctly, all four of them that uh, cover might have been more of like a hard. I don't know how to yeah, explain it, like, like a, a hard texture, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah like they, they had this really nice quality to them. Mm-hmm. Um so that was cool. Um but that, yeah. that didn't that was sort of short lived. I don't know if it was planned to always be short lived, but um kinda is what it is. But
0: yeah. Yeah, there was
2: there was definitely some changes over time.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that they, you know, went through some redesigns to kind of, you know a reflect that they were going through changes and going with the times and stuff but also kind of to cover their butts because they had to kind of slim down in a way to save money that's what i'm thinking but you know it, it was cool to kind of see them branch out into other types of of uh, projects like what you said nintendo power advance which i believe was like uh Kind of like a strategy guide in a way, just for multiple games or sometimes for specific games. I think they gave us the first one for free, and then you had to pay for the ones after that. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's how it started out. And that's probably why it didn't continue, because, you know, we already were subscribing to one thing, so... You know we can't subscribe and or purchase however it works you know we can't get all these multiple things we're just kids really um but you know it was cool to get that and uh have a, a pretty in-depth strategy guide for all these new releases on the game boy advance um in the case of nintendo power advance and they also did branch out with official game guides i do have a few of those so i don't know if you guys have any of those but i th- I think I have the, uh, the Super Mario Sunshine one and the F-Zero GX one. I think you actually got them when you resubscribe, now that I think of it. I think like if you resubscribe for a year, you get like a free strategy guide of your choice. So yeah, I got a few of those, and I still use those to this day, actually. Did you guys get any of those, out of curiosity?
2: I know I've got a Banjo-Tooie one that I was actually looking at not too long ago that's still in awesome. decent shape. I think I'd grab some other ones too, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. What about you, Ryan?
1: Um, Strategy Guides, no, I don't remember anything like that. Um I remember some other like exclusive pack-ins that you can get for subscribing to Nintendo Power, though.
0: True. They did have like little gifts or and stuff like that, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I think now my memory's a little fuzzy on this one, but I think my favorite issue of Nintendo Power actually came with GameCube memory card stickers. It was Metroid Prime themed. And I still have those on my memory cards to this day. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to bring that up. It's so funny. Yeah, totally. For sure.
0: Yep. Um... Well, when we talk about the legacy of Nintendo power and then we can bring up some other things that we might've forgot, but, um, you know, unfortunately Nintendo power did come to an end and this was, I believe, December, 2012. So this was very shortly after the Wii U was released. So it would have been really interesting to see like how they would have covered that era. But at the same time, it was kind of smart of them to do that because the Wii U didn't really have too much. So that would have been a pretty thin magazine in my (laughs) opinion, but, um, Guys, when did you stop subscribing? I think I know the answer. Uh to, I think I know what you're going to say, Josh, but um Ryan, what about you? When did you stop subscribing?
1: I don't really remember what my last issue was. I know I was really sad about having to stop it. Um I think money just got tight for my parents or something like that, and it just, you know, I was I was starting to grow out of it as well, like and I, again, I I get rid of my Nintendo Power after a while. I had them sitting around for years. After, but then after a while, I'm like you know what, I'm never gonna do anything with these. Like I'd love to keep them, but they're they're really old, and and I, I my mom did something with them. If she kept them, like that would be awesome. But I I seriously doubt it. I mean, m- my parents are notorious for for being a bit of uh, collectors, if you will, uh, just to put it nicely. Um, so maybe just maybe like some of that stuff survived, but uh, <laughs> I I doubt it. Okay. I
0: mean, you never know. Might uh, Can't hurt to ask and see if they might have an idea as to where they might be. Um, for me personally, I believe I subscribed right around to like, uh, the, the mid-DS slash Wii era. So... Um, I just remember my mom being like, Hey, you know, if, if you want to keep getting this, you're gonna have to pay for it. And as like a pretty young kid at that time, I was just like, eh, you know what? I have IGN now I have GameStop and all these other free things and they have a a good amount of quality to them. So unfortunately, you know, I just made that choice and I kind of do regret it. Um, at the same time, I kind of just wanted to move on and, and try other things. Um, And and try other hobbies. But uh, Josh, you subscribed to the very end, right?
2: Yeah, I I sunk with a ship.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Good for you. That's great. You should be (laughs) proud of that. (laughs) And you got that you know that final issue as kind of like as a, a trophy and certificate of your dedication so that's really cool that you have them I'm, I'm really jealous i always wanted that but you know if we're talking about the legacy that is nintendo power um nintendo power does live on uh they do have an official podcast right now that people can subscribe to and listen to and i believe that it's hosted from like a former staff member of that magazine so i think that's really cool and, and a great way to bring back uh, the the magic that was Nintendo Power um, because, you know, we are kind of transitioning to an, an era where podcasts are getting pretty big and uh, I hope that they do well with that podcast and um, I think it's just a great way to kind of um, you know, kind of do what we're doing, you know, just talk about why people love games and what makes them so special to people. So, um, yeah, so that's really cool that they're experimenting with that. Um, there are spiritual successors to Nintendo Power. Uh, I believe Jacob mentioned one of them, uh, which I believe is Nintendo Force. Um, I'm, do you know? Is that like still going on right now?
1: Yeah, it's like awesome. Like five bucks, and you get it every month, and you get mag, you get like posters and, and oh, things wow. like that like the content is a little is not as cool as nintendo powers but there's right. so much only so much because nintendo keeps a tight lid on things you know True. but they're still they have really good articles and everything and it, it it's not not too outdated if you will um and it's a lot of like speculation like what are we going to see coming forward and then reviewing the stuff that has come out but it's still so good and the, p- the posters they're double-sided posters so I recommend upping it to $10 and getting two issues so you can get both posters because sometimes you have to choose, make those kind of choices, and it's just so hard (laughs) when they have, like, two, like, on-point, you know, posters. You don't know which one is better to display on your wall, so...
0: Right. That's great. I mean, it seems like a, a passion project from fans who just really loved Nintendo Power and really understood what made it so great. So I hope that they keep doing that for a really long time. I think that's such a clever idea. Um, so I, yeah, I give them a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, I kind of moved on to, you know, just looking at different gaming websites and stuff. So, you know, kind I would say the spirit that Nintendo Power kind of cultivated with this love of games and, and having these awesome editorials related to games, that spirit does live on. It's just in many different forms and in, in different outlets right now. So I am thankful that that's not gone. You know, what Nintendo Power did is not entirely gone. It's just in different forms. So I I am glad that that's, that's still around. Um, Something that I really enjoyed about Nintendo Power is that it kind of taught me about video games and how they worked and all the things related to it so I didn't know what a developer was before Nintendo Power and you know through context clues and stuff I kind of learned about that and why certain companies are better than others and what a publisher is and and the different process that goes behind making games so a a lot of the stuff that we kind of talk about on the show um, I, I subconsciously don't even realize that uh, I I learned a lot of that stuff from Nintendo Power and from reading it and it, w- it was great that I had something to read that I was really into because I think that that really enhanced my reading skills at that time too. So I actually have a lot to owe uh, to that magazine. I am grateful for my time for it. But um, I wanted to end with uh, our favorite bonuses or extras that came with the magazine. So are there any things that you guys got from Nintendo Power that you love?
2: for sure myself um as a small little bonus one thing i meant to mention was the uh super smash brothers melee soundtrack that came with it and i used to wear that thing yes. out it was like
1: smashing an, yeah yeah it
2: was like an orchestrated um soundtrack and you know i still go back and find some of the tracks on youtube or something and listen to them i wore that thing out but outside of that really in a catalog and all of that i feel like there was a good bit but uh the VHS tapes um, that you used to get as a subscriber, I don't, I don't know if any of you all received them, but those were really cool. I think the first one was the Donkey Kong Country one, um, and I remember as a child, I think, I, I, I'm i guessing it came out like right before the game, so I was probably four, and I remember like wearing that VHS out, and I mean like I would have my parents like play it over and over like one of the movies or shows or something I liked, and of course I, I love that game, I still love that game, it's very special, but... Like that one, the Star Fox 64 one, they were like, I don't know, 10 minutes long or so. And you can find them, I think, all of them on YouTube. But I still remember, like, if I go back and watch them on YouTube now, it's just, like, ingrained in my memory. Like, even just little things that were said, um, like in the Diddy Kong Racing one, the Banjo-Kazooie one, um, Majora's Mask. Um, I just distinctly remember, as long as those were, were running... I remember going and just kind of watching those over and over again. So I, I really love those. I don't know if I have any of them left, but but it was a really cool little extra.
0: Yep, totally agree. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about those. And I actually thought I was, like, imagining it. I was like, wait, did I get these VHS tapes from Nintendo Power? Like, is that real? But, yeah, totally. Like, that is honestly... That's probably the biggest reason why I became such a huge fan of video games. From It's because of those VHS tapes, because the first one that I got, like when I was a subscriber at the time, was for uh, Donkey Kong 64 and also Jet Force Gemini. I feel like they were on the same tape. Um, and they just had this way of presenting those games in such an epic way and making it seem like it's going to be this grand, massive amazing magical adventure that you're about to embark on um if you get eventually get the game and it just made it so exciting and be like oh that has to i like i have to get that game it's just it looks so cool so um yeah they just kind of presented the games in in such a way that made it seem like this must-have experience um so uh so ryan what about you do you have any favorite goodies that nintendo power gave you
1: uh yeah, I mean I mentioned just a little bit earlier um about my Metroid Prime stickers. Here's my my black GameCube memory card. that has awesome. got Metroid Prime on it, and then also had like a GameCube themed one I put on my really big GameCube memory card, which actually has some rust on it and it may not work anymore, but uh c cost <laughs> of older old electronics, but you know.
0: <laughs> Use a Q tip use a q-tip and just brush it and uh that worked for me so hopefully that works for you but yeah that's um that's also a really good one to bring up i was looking at um actually the first magazine that i took out of my closet had those and i completely forgot about them i just think that's such a cool clever little bonus that i never would have thought of like just you know giving subscribers uh, memory card stickers, it's just like a simple little thing. And it's just, it's so smart. And, uh, you know, like Josh mentioned, the, the Super Smash Bros. CD, like what a gem. When I got that, that is the moment I fell in love with Nintendo and, and especially all of the music that, that um, uh, encompasses their, their history, you know? So um, another one that I completely forgot about is uh, comic books. So I remember that Metroid prime had its own very unique Unique stylized comic book in Nintendo mm-hmm. Power. I think for like a couple issues. Kirby. Oh, really? Okay. And I I think there's like a Star Fox one.
1: They had a Kirby right back at you one. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep,
0: yep. Totally forgot about that. Yep. So that was a fun little idea too. Yeah. Um, Ryan, did you have any other bonuses you wanted to talk about?
1: Um, I did want to highlight that the Smashing Live CD that was so awesome. Like I I wore it out too. I really did. Um, I still have the digital files uh, hanging out in my iTunes. So. Um, and I would like, burn that CD, like, for all of my friends and give it to them because it was something, like, I didn't feel any guilt in doing that because it was given to me for free, and, like, I wanted to preserve this and have all my friends experience that. I I gave it to, like, a band teacher at my school, like, so they could listen to it and maybe use the music there, and I was just like, this is so amazing, like, (sighs) Jacob, I think I gave him two or three burn discs because he went through them. (laughs) He loved it so much. I know I'd I'd wake up to it every morning. I listened to it like every night. Like, I absolutely love Smashing Live, and um, I'll go back to it every once in a while. Like, they had a song on there that was like 14 or 15 minutes long, and it's just a big medley.
2: Oh, it's so good! That's like awesome. oh yes, <laughs> I totally forgot about
0: that. Maybe it's like the the music from the trailer, because you know the that that opening trailer or something. No, I, I don't know, but that's awesome. I have that on my iPod actually. It's, it's I love when it, it comes on. All,
1: or uh, all orchestrated and and beautiful.
0: Yeah, oh man. I wish they could uh, they could do, like, concerts of that in person of, like, all these different Nintendo games. I know they do that with, like, Legend of Zelda, but it would be so cool for them to do it, like, Super Smash Bros. style with, like, a whole medley of all these different games, uh, soundtracks. Um, yeah, that's, that's another awesome one. I'll never forget when I got that CD. Um, but I definitely would have to bring up the posters, you know, every single month you get a poster and that is the first thing that I would look for. And, um, I kind of wish I didn't rip them out and, uh, you know, put them on my wall cause I would eventually have to throw them out. But, um, I'll just never forget the amazing posters that came with each issue. You know, there's like these vertical, things that were like three pages long and uh it's it was just such a fun way to celebrate the releases of that time like super mario sunshine and metroid prime and star fox adventures and it was just such an awesome awesome thing to get every month and and that was the thing that kept me as a subscriber personally do you guys have any favorite posters
2: i had a sonic adventure 2 battle one up (laughs) i guess that was the early 2000s and on my uh, yeah, it awesome. my dresser drawers, like on the front of it for the longest time. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. That one really stands out. Um, again, I didn't, I didn't want to rip them out a lot of the time because it would rip out part of the magazine. I think the Sonic Adventure 2 Battle one I had, I think I had two issues of it. Um, I actually have, um, it may be that same issue, but I, I fell in love with that game, like obsessed over it. And I actually have that one in like a plastic case as well. Like I got an extra one of that back in the day and I've got that. I know where it is actually. It's setting up on a shelf right now. Um, But it was the first issue that Sonic was on and that was just really strange to me at the time.
0: Yeah, that was an awesome epic one. I I had that one up too. And uh, I actually, I just thought of this now. (laughs) I actually put up posters of games I didn't even want or like, <laughs> just because a I wanted to put something up on my wall, or b like they just looked really cool. I one of them uh, that just came to mind was Odama. If you guys remember Odama, it's like a late oh yeah Genky that used game. the
1: microphone. It was yep. It was pinball, uh, right?
0: Yeah, Japanese military pinball. Uh, where you use the microphone to control your soldiers. Uh, I can't imagine why it didn't sell that well. <laughs> <laughs> but it did come with a very cool poster.
1: There's only two titles in America that use that that microphone, I believe.
0: Yeah, true, sure, like Mario Party and Odama. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it had an amazing poster, though. Maybe it was a terrible game. I don't know. I'll never know because I don't have any interest in that. But it was like a sunset with like these Japanese soldiers, you know, walking across a field. I was like, yeah, I want that on my wall, (laughs) but uh, I will never play that game. But um, yeah, (laughs) but I I do really love the posters. Um, Any other posters that you wanted to bring up, Ryan?
1: Uh, none come to mind. I I'm pretty sure I kept most of them in the magazines, but I'm sure that I hung up posters too, um, if not from Nintendo Power, from maybe some other magazines. But I'm pretty sure, like, that's why I like that with Nintendo Force, like they're not attached in the magazine. They're they're separate, packed in the, the plastic, you know. So it's it's a lot. I'm not tearing something out of a magazine and defacing the magazine at all. I don't feel so bad about it, and so
0: you know. Right. <laughs> that's uh, that's really insightful of them to, to you know, have you not need to destroy so to speak your your magazine for the posters. That's that's really clever of them.
1: It's also pro- probably uh, cheaper in production, <laughs> to do it that yeah, way.
0: True. Yeah that's a good point too (laughs) it just sucked because like you had to make the decision to rip out the poster and lose the that part of the preview of the game because you know on one side it was the poster but on the other side it was either another poster so you had to decide between the two or as a preview of that game or something else so it's like uh, how much do you want this poster (laughs) but anyway yep that is um all I wanted to say really about Nintendo Power I just think that the, the magazine was such an awesome way to celebrate our love of video games and Nintendo power, or I'm sorry, of Nintendo. And, you know, it had, uh it really encapsulated the the great moments that Nintendo had in its history and the very bizarre moments. <laughs> so it's just very fun to go back and and look at. and if if you are able to get them physically, I highly recommend it. There's just something really magical about that kind of an experience. So, um, do you guys have any lasting thoughts about this magazine?
1: Like nostalgia in like paper form, it's Crazy to to look at this stuff and just get waves and thoughts of this. Like this is like if if I wanted to like have an nostalgia go forever, like I would just read a magazine and then just floods of memories would come back and I could talk for hours and hours and hours about this. In fact, it's so thick with nostalgia for me.
0: Awesome, yeah. What about you, Josh?
2: Yeah, it's definitely something. Just sitting here looking back at it, uh, with 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 video games themselves with the games themselves I feel like I can revisit them pretty easily like games like Super Mario World or Donkey Kong Country that meant just a, a boatload to me you know growing up um, I feel like they're very easily um, accessible and for by different means nowadays where I feel like something like Nintendo Power those magazines aren't so much especially if you didn't keep them for whatever reason if a parent got rid of them or whatever and I, you don't realize how much something like that really means to you looking back until um, you really sit down and look at it again or, or, you know, us sitting here chatting about it. Um, but it, it really, it really meant a lot to me. Like I said, it was something to always look forward to for years and years, um, like every month. And it, it, it again, sort of grew that love I had I've always had for, for gaming or for Nintendo in general.
0: Yeah, I, I think it something that was really interesting about it is that it, it took this activity, which is by its very nature, kind of simple and, you know, kind of geeky and dorky in a way. And it, it turned it into uh, or, or it kind of allowed us to have this kind of subculture and like lifestyle um, factor to it. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like football, where football is a very simple activity, but, you know, so many Uh, of the fans of football just are so passionate about it and there's all these different outlets for them to express their love for it so I appreciated that Nintendo Power kind of I don't know, was that to me where it was this unique outlet for me as a fan of this very simple activity and it just found all these different ways for us to express our love for it uh, either through music or you know drawings or just kind of talking about our memories from past games. I just thought It was a really cool way to, you know, celebrate our love for this hobby. So thank you guys very much for joining me for this very special episode. Uh, Thank you, Ryan and Josh, for joining me and for our fans who are listening. Uh, So, Josh, can you tell our
2: fans where they can find us on social media? Sure. Um, They can find us on Twitter at Nintendo underscore They can find us on Facebook at Nintendo Nostalgia. Also, the Nintendo Nostalgia group on Facebook is a pretty popular place to be. Um, We're also on Instagram. Um, We've got some stuff going on on Discord. So we're a little bit all over the place. Cool. Uh,
0: Well, thank you guys again. And thank you to our fans for listening. If you enjoyed our episode today, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a a review on whatever podcast service you are uh, using. Um, But, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time where we have another great episode planned for you. And until then, uh, have a great week. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Later, Preston. Bye, everyone. Thank you.
1: So, Chris, uh, uh, hypothetically, um, do you think our podcaster insurance covers spontaneous combustion?